I bet you Mormons love Pokemon Go. You good? You good? I'm thinking. Okay. <laughs> like how to start? Yeah. Welcome to Movie Painter Pleasure Podcast, the show that compels you with the power of Christ. Hi, I'm one of your co-hosts, Melanie Gibson, and that tickle I had in my throat last week has turned into a full-blown cold, so excuse my voice and the coughing you're going to hear. And to soothe my poor throat and nasal passages, I'm going to have this itty-bitty bottle of Crown Royal. So while I glug, glug, glug this into my glass, which is also a Crown Royal glass, I'll let my illustrious co-host introduce himself. That's a big word for what I do. What do you do? Uh, talk bullshit. Okay. My name is AJ Wall, and today's movie is going to heal Melanie's soul because it can't heal her throat. Oh. Yeah, so <laughs> what movie are we talking about today? The Fighting Preacher. The Fighting Preacher, and in honor of that movie, I'm wearing a Venom Fightwear shirt and some old Taekwondo pants. So, yeah. I, I just went with Adventure Time because as far as I can figure, the... The man in this movie went on an adventure for Christ, so... So, and your shirt says... What time is it? What time is it? And AJ, what time is it? It's time to seek God. It is time to seek God. So there's yeah. a church in our neighborhood that has a clock on the outside wall. And it has this sign that says, It is time to seek God. And every time we drive past it, sometimes I, sometimes I used to just <sighs> say it. And then I wouldn't do it for a while, and it would annoy AJ, so of course I wanted to do it more. So sometimes I'd just very innocently say, hey, AJ, I, I forgot my watch. What time is it? And he'd always fall for it. And so then I'd say, it's time to see God. Not anymore. <laughs> so, no. I'm aware, I'm aware he now. He can't fall for it anymore. So we are talking about a movie called The Fighting Preacher, and this is one that we found on Amazon Prime, and it's still available at the time of this podcast and Twitch stream that we're doing right now. And um, this was on our quest to find, and I'll be honest, hate watch Christian movies because kind of like Christian rock, it's poor quality and it's really preachy and kind of judgmental. So um, if you want to find out more about my um, kind of hate boner for organized religion, then listen to our God's Not Dead episode and you can hear what a jaded old Catholic has to say about uh, all this religious stuff but we ended up really loving this movie this was definitely a guilty pleasure um for the the really short version of it is a, an ex-boxer turned mormon missionary and his wife go on a a mission adventure well what, what does he learn about using his punches i will read the description in amazon prime because it's so delightful a boxer who only knows how to connect with people through his fists is called on a mission and must learn that punching his way through his problems isn't the best way to be a representative of Christ. He changes his approach and learns to punch people with love. Like a Care Bear. Like a Care Bear. <laughs> he got determined. Yeah. <laughs> he got the Arthur fist So, going. Um, before we jump into it, I just want to say, I, I what I liked about this movie, it was well made. Um, the writing is pretty good. The, the acting, at least from the main character, is really good. And as opposed to something like God's Not Dead, which seemed very proselytizing, very judgmental, very, I'm going to shove my way of thinking down your throat, this one gives you some history about a real story that happened with the Mormon church. And you definitely see the conviction of faith with the characters, but it doesn't feel like they think they're above anybody else. 
Um, that's just their faith and that's what they do. And it, it makes me a little more curious about learning about Mormonism, but I'm certainly not going to join the church. Yeah. I won't... You could tell this movie was like made on a budget and whatnot, but apparently we looked into it, and the guy that directed it actually went to film school and everything. It wasn't just on a whim. Before he, that, he went to Brigham Young University, so this is yeah. this is Mormonism written all over it. Yeah, but um, the thing that really sold it was the the main actor um, McNeil. David McConnell. I was about to say McNeilson. David McConnell. David McConnell. Playing Willard Bean. Yeah, so let's get into this. And, and we told, told each other this is a weirdly wholesome movie. And we are not wholesome people. No. We are not wholesome just, people at all. We're monsters. Other than a couple of weird, creepy parts, it just makes you feel nice and warm inside. It like does. The okay. funny parts are nice and wholesome. And, mm. and it's a good movie. <laughs> it's an interesting story. So it was made in 2019. And uh, it says it's based on a true story, and then it puts in parentheses a love story. So we start out in St. Louis in 1905, and we see um, these two guys boxing, and they have dumb haircuts. That's what I wrote. So we see our main <laughs> character, Willard, getting punched around, and it shows clips from the fight throughout the movie. So we learn that he's a boxer. Fast forward to 1915. He is in Utah. He has a young wife. And he gets sent on a mission, a very special mission, from their prophet, which that word kind of sends creepy crawlies down my back, but their prophet sends them on a mission to go live at the farm where Joseph Smith grew up. So um, Joseph Smith was from upstate New York, founded the Mormon church there, moved to Missouri, and then they uh, moved west. And I think he was he was assassinated. He was killed in Missouri. That's if, why he's such a good con man. Oh, yeah. Because he got practice in New York. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so the Mormons had been chased out of, out of New York, and the, the church had purchased his farm in a town called Palmyra, and they needed somebody to go settle the farm, clean it up, get it working again, and they also want them to purchase some other properties which are meaningful to the church. So... Uh, Willard and his young wife, Rebecca, who is played by Cassidy Hubert. She's not good. No, she's not very good. He, he's really good. He's like a, he's like a, a cousin of Woody Harrelson. <laughs> and she's just... She's very stiff and formal, and she's so wholesome in a way that makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, she seems very nice, and she's a very pretty woman, and all that. Not, it's all good, but... My God, she can't act. <laughs> Her no. husband's awesome. He carries the entire movie on his back. And I don't know how um, well she's written either. Like, his dialogue flows very easily. He's very funny. He's very quick and, and meaningful, too. And you see his character change. So, anyway, they're traveling, and Yay. they discover along the way. Thank you for following. So, he discovers along the way that his wife is expecting, so that's something exciting. But when they get into town... <laughs> You're not going to mention the joke. Oh, yeah, this is cute. This was cute. His wife told him that she wasn't feeling too well. And he's like, oh, you know, I kind of had a cold earlier. Kind of like how I have a cold right now. And she's like, I don't know if you know how this feels. I'm going to be feeling like this for about seven and a half months. <laughs> and then it clips and then, a half mile later. It's like on Spongebob. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> like on Spongebob. It's like... <gasps> Half hour later, <laughs> he was like, oh, he's it's, excited. And I know it's like a jo dorky it's, joke and it's wholesome, but it's cute. It's so, it's so silly. It's, it's filled cute. with humor like that. Like, yeah. It's later, there's this random, it seems very childish, but I loved it. There's this guy coming up and everyone in town is an asshole. And that's like 90% of the movie. Everybody in town hates the Mormons. 
we saw you coming, even though they're just white people. Um, but this guy comes down to his bog while he's, like, cleaning his water out. And he's like, you mother... And then the cow would, like, moo every time this dude talks. Every time the guy would curse, the cow would moo. So that... So everybody in town hates him. They've heard that these Mormons are coming back into town. And they're like, oh, we heard y'all are coming. I don't know why people in New York would sound like... People in they, Texas. Oh, they sound so country. But they sounded super country for upstate New like, York, which is It could weird. be country like Maine country, but that's not it. It's yeah. like down south country. So, yeah, they don't get a warm welcome into town. And so they go to the Joseph Smith house and they settle in. And the first night they get there, um, some neighbors show up with shotguns. Yeah, and they these are all these look like terrifying scenes. Like every time it's at night, it they don't put any like backlighting in or anything they they light only like if you ever lived out in the country which i mean if you haven't you haven't but um if you sit on your porch in the like at like 9 30 at night and the, all you got is your porch light and there's nothing around that's what it looks like which i enjoy because in most movies they would like backlight the whole thing it wouldn't actually mm -hmm. look like night this is terrifying there's a like three or four scenes like this and um not this this scene is a harassment scene but there's another one later it straight up looks like a murder movie yeah it's dark as fuck there and so yeah i forgot to mention that his wife very sweetly says oh this is where the angels talk to the prophet and i'm like mm -hmm, of course they did of course they did dum 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 all right um so the the townsfolk show up some of the men show up with guns and we're like we don't take kylie to you being here and the husband's like, okay, honey, I'll, I'll come out and handle it. And how does he handle it? <laughs> With his Arthur fist. <laughs> yeah, he, he does the Arthur fist a couple of times. Um, I don't know if this is the first altercation he's had, but he's like, well, uh, if y'all want to come in, you can go ahead and go home or whatever. And they, they basically just stand there and try to intimidate him. And I can't, I wish I could remember his exact he, line because it was a funny ass line. He unbuttons his sleeves like Wayne on Letterkenny and he goes, come on, and Please. gets in their faces. <laughs> He's the toughest guy in he's Palmyra. The he's the toughest guy in Palmyra. That's a Texas size 10-4. Big shoots. <laughs> oh, okay. I just realized I have... Okay, so as I'm writing my notes for the movie, I have a ton of um, Pokemon's <laughs> written things. All these and things I'm not going to understand. So anti-Mormons appear. They used Leer. <laughs> well, then we're not there yet. No, this is exactly what we're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about because you don't understand the Mormons Pokemon. Haven't shown up yet. Anti Mormons. Oh, anti Mormons. See. Oh, sorry. Anti Mormons. I'm, I'm sick. It's I couldn't hear you. My ears are clogged up. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> they use Leer, which in the Pokemon games you take turns using attacks, and Leer is just supposed to basically scare the other person, and maybe they miss their shot or whatever. Like when, oh, like when I'm about to shoot pool and you go like, rah, and yeah. make me flinch. And in response, Willard used roar. <laughs> oh, I'll, <laughs> I'll be here. That's what he said. If, if y'all want to come back, I'll be here. I'm um, the toughest guy in Palmyra. And he just, <laughs> so they fuck off because <laughs> I guess a shotgun wasn't enough to take on one Mormon. No, he threatened to beat the shit out of him and he goes into town the next day and nobody wants to sell parts to him. Uh, one guy sprays him with water and he punches the shit out of him. Like, it's so wholesome and then you get him knocking the fuck out of people. He hits really hard too. I mean, this guy's a trained boxer. And this is based on a real person. This guy really was a trained boxer. So then he's off. His wife is left alone a lot. I guess Willard is off doing business. Like, her life must have sucked. It she did. did all that work around the house, cutting wood and... 
she does a lot of work on her own. And she's pregnant at the time, too. So she's by herself one night. And then the townspeople show up to talk to her. And at first, there's this crowd of people, and they're like, we're ministers and school teachers, and we want to hear the good word about Joseph Smith. And it's dark as hell out there, but she's like, oh, yes, good townspeople, please come in. Let me tell you all about the prophet Joseph Smith. And they get inside her house, and they start harassing her. They're like, you idiot Mormon, you suck. You don't belong here. None of y'all belong here. Fuck you. I mean, none of, none you're of a us bunch do, of, really. You're a bunch of crackers. None of y'all belong. I mean, none of us do, really. No. Unless you're a Native American, but... Well, um, I mean, the Mormons, Oh. you know, no. they, they're, like, sort of, like, Native Americans, because they follow Joseph Smith, who told us about how... The Native Americans came were and Jews. To, how the, how Jesus came and talked to the Native Americans. Okay. So anyway, she's kind of telling the story in retrospect to her husband. And she's afraid at first, but then she feels a presence. And she feels the spirit of Joseph Smith and all the love. I'm like, Joseph Smith liked to pull bitches. That's why, that's why he had the decree of polygamy. He wanted more bitches. So... Yeah, so Joseph Smith is like Joseph Oprah Smith's just go- yeah. throwing out bitches. <laughs> Look under your chair. You got bitches. You got bitches. Yeah, so that was Joseph Smith's game. So he's her, his ghost is creeping all in, and he gives her uh, some uh, a powerful feeling of love. And so everybody just stops, which is super creepy. And so they just stop, and they kind of file out all humble and like, oh, sorry. And for- they, they sound like, she says like two sentences. They're like... We're, we're sorry for our behavior. They say that, but then they're mean to them for like 10 more yeah. years. So anyway, after the townspeople harass Mrs. Bean, we get back to the charge that they really have is acquiring more property for the Mormon church. And for this one... Is, is where, a, we, where we meet never? Yeah. <laughs> there's a hill called Camorra Hill, and I don't know the history of what supposedly happened there. Um, I think he found the golden plates. On his farm. Mm. I say that with a lot of sarcasm. It looks like a really boring hill for a place it's, where you find the place of the prophet. I don't know prophet. like the angel Moroni showed up or something. All the, his, all the Mormon history I know comes from South Park and a book I read. So anyway, there's a hill called Camorra Hill. Enough. Willard approaches the one of the owners to purchase it for the church. And this guy shows up with a shotgun and starts shooting at them. He's like, never! I'll never sell it to you! Never! What's your name? Never! Yeah, so he calls him Never. Let, like, Finn. Never! <laughs> so, so, this is going on, and they, they jump towards forwards in time a lot. In the meantime, they have a daughter, and they name her Palmyra after the town. Now, in real life, Willard and Rebecca had four boys, so they're, they're diverting from the real story. Maybe they bit. thought it would be easier to, like, explain... I don't know, like the hardships uh, of a girl at school instead of a boy or something. Maybe. So why don't you talk about... Yeah, because life isn't easy for Palmyra either, so they're just as mean to a Mormon child as they are to the adults. They nailed that little girl to the floor. (laughs) Not literally. Okay, back up and explain. (laughs) So... so While I I drink my whiskey. I guess she she gets old enough uh, that she gets to go to school. It's first grade. And her mother takes her there, and the teacher is like stern or whatever but she's not a total like bitch about it until the mom leaves it's like okay go sit at your seat and they they show the desk that she has to sit at it's the last desk in the room it's turned against the wall instead of towards the teacher and they nailed it to the floor like that she keeps trying to move it and like two scenes later they pan down and they show that they're like 
bent nails, like, just slammed through the bottom of this desk. Yeah. Like, that's how much they hate these Mormons. That's like, how much they hate Mormons. I mean, later, one guy even explains, like, we're just doing what we were raised to do. We, we you know, were raised we're, to hate. We're all learning. Yeah, man, we're all trying to get past our discriminations. Let's talk about something the movie kind of tries to do, but I think they missed the point. So, Mrs. Bean is out chopping wood, because once again, her husband's off, I guess, trying to buy the hill for Mr. Never, or he's off preaching the good word of the Book of Mormon. I don't know. She's by herself doing chores, and a black man shows up. He's the only black person we've seen in town, and he offers to chop the wood for her, and she's like, oh, thank you so much. Um... Uh, let me go get you a piece of apple pie to and thank you. And then she talks at him through the door, which yeah, is real she, awkward. Yeah, it's, it's not really good um, filmmaking, because you can hear her like yelling through the set. And um, by the time she comes out with a piece of pie, the man is gone. And there's a huge pile of firewood. And this is like 15 seconds. And he was just like, I know what it's like to yeah, be so, discriminated against. So yeah, he just shows up. He's like, I'm going to lend a hand. Right. I know what it's like to be hated. And I'm like, the Mormon church didn't let black people in until 1978. Yeah, and maybe that was supposed to be, like, Jesus? Because they, they do this later. Well, yeah, we're we're about to get to that point. But yeah, <laughs> like, the one time you use a black person is to make a point about a church that discriminated against black people. he's never to be seen again. No, we never see him again. So he makes a point that misses the mark. They literally thought black people had the mark of Cain, so they wouldn't let them in the priesthood. Yeah, so, you know, she should have been like, hey... It, you don't want to be discriminated against anymore. We'll, we'll make you white. Uh, no. No one will be able to tell the difference. Oh my god. Okay, so let's move forward. <laughs> so we start, we kind of see how they're treated in town. There's a knock at the door, and Palmyra opens the door, and these four elders are here. And I just crack up laughing because it reminds me of the Hello song in the musical The Book of Mormon, which I've seen twice. I've dragged AJ to see it once. I'm obsessed with that show. I love it. It's so freaking funny. I have the soundtrack, um, but it's it's a wonderful opening song. And these four dorks show up with their little glasses and their little ties. I wish they had bike helmets on because that would make sense too. But they said, you know, they oh we heard this is the house where Prophet Smith lived, and we want to see where he found the golden plates. And the angel appeared to him. Blah blah blah. And so uh, the girl mm -hmm. takes the Palmyra takes them out to the sacred grove. So, yeah, some kind of revelation. Is this where it was? That's where it was. And I'm so confused. Hold up. Two things. Because I know I wrote something before that. Just nailed the floor. Wild Mormons appeared. Another Pokemon reference. Yep. I don't uh, understand. <laughs> so, in the middle of a game, if you walk through the grass, that's where you find Pokemon. And if you hit one, a battle will start and it will say, Wild Pokemon appeared. Whatever kind of Pokemon. Okay. And I put, that's the Mormons. They appear at the door. I had this revelation that Mormon, Mormonism, and Islam are like Evie. So Evie, <laughs> Evie from Pokemon. What the fuck? So, Why does this all have to do with Pokemon? I don't know, but it works. So in Pokemon, uh, most millennials, the fuck? I'm drinking all poison. millennials would know this, but you don't. I'm not a millennial. So in Pokemon. <laughs> Uh, there's this one specific Pokemon called Eevee that has, like, probably by now it's, like, ten different things it can turn into. But it can only turn into one of them. And you have to give it a special stone to turn into one of them. Like, most Pokemon, they turn into something, and they turn into something, and then they're done. I still don't see what that has to do with Muslims. I'll get there. <laughs> Eevee 
you pick which one you want them to turn into. So there was the Torah and then the Bible and then these that the Bible is Evie and Mormonism was where one Evie went and Islam is where the other Evie went. <laughs> so the Bible, Christianity, is Evie. Okay. Don't try to explain more That's, Pokemon to me. What sense. if the Mormons showed up and they wanted to play Pokemon Go out in the Sacred Grove? I bet you Mormons love Pokemon Go. I bet they do. It's They're like so the wholesome. most wholesome game ever. You yeah. walk, you get exercise walking around with your friends and you pretend things exist. Okay, so this is where we get to the part, <laughs> the point you were making about giving the wife something to do. So these guys come in and they eat her food and they give her lots of chores to do. And they're just like, Mrs. Bean, how do you handle this? And she's just... Like, this she tells sucks. Us, yeah, she's like, oh, I'm just so exhausted. I have all this work to do. And, and, and I cook and I clean. And then she had a dream. It was a fever dream. It was a fever dream. And she had a dream that a really hot uh, young missionary guy showed up at her house and he was so pleasant. That's not just Melanie. Like, she specifically says, like, oh, yeah. she said a he, very handsome, handsome young man. man. I'm like, yes, he is. <laughs> Hello there. And then, so he comes in. Are you here in. to tell me the good news? So he comes in and he greets another elder because, of course, she doesn't have time to sit in the table because she's cooking and cleaning for all these men. And they have such a good time. And there's such a spirit of peace and love in the house. And then she follows him out. And then she sees the Savior. Now, this is where the movie was smart. They right. didn't show that this hot white guy was Jesus. Yeah, because they, they didn't want to You know, show that's up. where they would have made a mistake if they had, like, white Jesus. Yeah, they would have had to actually white. go get, like, an Israeli descendant person. Yeah, so they didn't show what Jesus looked like, which was smart, because I'm like, are you really going to have, like, a white blonde guy as Jesus? So she saw the Savior, and her, face, her thing was like, okay, now I see that these missionaries are representatives of Christ, so when I'm doing work for them, I'm really doing work for Jesus. So with tears coming down her eyes, she says, really, I do this work for him. So basically, I'm going to work and slave and cook and clean for all of you, but really I'm doing it for Jesus, because you're doing Jesus' work here on Earth. That makes him a lazy fuck. Like, you could snap your fingers, but I'll go ahead and take ten hours a day cutting logs and shit for you. <laughs> so what was your point about kind of trying to give equal footing to women's work? I just... Okay, this movie is made now. So they 2019. So they don't want to be too, like shoving it down your throat that they're going to be like, women are supposed to do women's work and men are supposed to do men work. I mean, this was the 1920s. And the patriarchy. And blah, blah. So, in as far as the film goes, this is like her way... They gave her more scenes than she needed, even though she wasn't a good actress, because yeah. I feel like they were trying to build up the character to be on equal footing with the husband. Yeah, honestly, they, they almost gave her more screen time than the husband. Like for a while, I kind of forgot about Willard. Yeah, but you you totally watch it for him. Oh, yeah, he's awesome. And uh, is this about the time they start to sign, like, their child's being bullied yeah, in school? Yeah, their child's being bullied in school. And so this is where Mrs. Bean... People still hate them, yeah, so Yeah, people guess... still hate them. So this is where Mrs. Bean is cool. So Willard's out in the barn kind of just feeling low about himself. And she comes out and she says, Honey, maybe it's time to do what you do best. And he's like, Preach the word of God? She says, No. Fight people. Like, beat the fuck out. Yeah. She so, gets bloodthirsty. So they have two good montages. Um, they have. So he decides he's going to rent a space, turn it into a boxing ring, and have a show like, hey, come take a shot at the idiot Mormon. Come take a swing at me. Because he's the toughest guy in Palmyra. 
figure it out. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, maybe Wayne is a descendant of Mr. Bean. Mm-hmm. Wayne from Letterkenny? Yeah. So maybe, because we thought maybe they were ex-Mennonites. Maybe they were ex-Mormons. Maybe. Maybe. Anyway. So, <laughs> yeah, so he does that. So there's like this swing music montage of them setting up the boxing ring. And then they oh, show yeah. him shoveling pie in his mouth. And his wife's like, maybe you should work out a little bit to get in shape for the fight. And he's like, woo, he's got crumbs and She's stuff like, on his face. Or, you know, whatever. Whatever you know you, best. You, you know best, honey. And so then we see this, then we get this, <laughs> another like swing music, jazz music, 1920s montage. It's like basically a 1920s Rocky montage Except of him working out. It's like throw out the eggs. Yeah, he and, doesn't want to drink the eggs. And, he lifts up sledgehammers. Like he does front delt raises with these. Yeah, and they hammers. do have a part where he runs up Kamora Hill. And the and, shotgun blast yeah, comes out from yeah, behind. Yeah, he's, he's waving his arms in the air, and and Mister Never with the shotgun comes out and chases him down. So all the challenge people show up for the fight. The same thing we showed up for this movie for. <laughs> yeah. So he calls, I call myself the fighting preacher. I'm like, oh, could have fooled me because we haven't heard this until now. So the first guy shows up and he's in pretty good shape. And this guy just hits him with like a jab and a right hook and he's down. And then that's every single fight after that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's funny, like they didn't put as much effort into making this guy look like a legit boxer because he kind of just winds up and knocks the shit out of people. He just punches. He does like those Mario punches where he just punches really hard. Then things don't go as planned because the townspeople don't automatically love him for beating the shit out of them. They they he actually talks shit to them. They're like, "You might be a good fighter, but you're not a good man." Like, I don't like, know. I, I thought all men just hit each other and then they were friends. Men just punch each other in the balls and I then mean, they're best friends. Either you're, you become good friends or one of you has to leave town. I guess that's it. Like, But it's usually not the guy that won the fight. Yeah. So, lo and behold, beating the shit out of everybody in town for fun doesn't win them over. So they decide to change their tactic. Meanwhile, they've had two kids... And I guess he still hasn't been able to buy this hill or these other properties, and they're tending to the farm. So then we see a montage of them doing nice things for people in town. His but wife bakes pies. I still think, so this, it makes sense in the movie, but it was a bit confusing, because they're like, what the fuck was he doing all this time? What was so, he doing all this time? So yeah. he beats the shit out of people, they didn't like it, and then his daughter's like, why don't you try being nice? Meh. <laughs> be nice too. And like, okay, I guess we'll be nice now. I thought they were being nice before, but so I guess this entire time, the entire time he's been there, which is like seven years, six, eight years by now, he was just working on his farm and going into town, people being dicks to him. And then he's like, okay, well, I'll give everybody pies and shit. Pies and vegetables from the farm. Yeah, and like, his wife starts going and being a nurse to the uh, town whore and the old lady. <laughs> People who were sick and, and living in squalor. and We don't actually know, but she's she's made to look very much like, oh, this is like the town slut that got pregnant twice, and now she's just out of it. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, so she goes and cares for sick people and brings them food, and he makes friends with the guy who had sprayed water on him, and he punched him earlier, and so they're just talking. And some kind of dark stuff comes up because the guy just brings up, he's like, you know, I thought all you Mormons were polygamous. He was almost, like, excited about it. He's like, I mean, maybe I'll join you if... Uh, yeah, like, you can get all you, kinds of bitches. Like, man, you you can't get one bitch. Shut up. 
<laughs> so anyway, you don't need polygamy. Yeah. So um, he 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 just asks him. He's like, "Are you a polygamist?" And Willard says, "No, but my father was." Just very matter of fact. Now I don't know. We couldn't find information on his father if, whether that was true or not. Well, the movie says one of thirty children. And that of his father, yeah. and then his bio said one of ten. One of ten, but it just said between his parents with those two parents. So, so, so we don't know. Maybe, but then he tells a story and says Rebecca is his second wife, and he was married to a woman named Gussie before. The way the movie tells it is that he was gone a lot. He was boxing and working and punching people and stuff. So she took first comer. Sancho crept in. And was paying all kinds of attention, and so they divorced, which was very scandalous. This was 1908 when this really happened. And uh, six months later, Sancho beat her to death. So, (laughs) now we looked this up. He really was married to a woman named Gussie for about ten years. They had two children, they divorced in 1908. Don't know whether she was killed by her second husband or not. Um, Yeah, so they may have taken some liberties. What I'm really curious about I would love to know the real backstory. Which, in the film, I would still hope they would make it a little more ambiguous, maybe. Because, like, I, if this was in any other movie that's a Christian movie, I could see this being like, well, see, this, this is what you get if you don't want to follow that, our rules. That's what, you what get I liked about, to death. that's what I liked about this movie, though, because, like, in God's Not Dead, it was very much like, see, see what happens when you don't believe in Jesus? Everything goes wrong oh, for no, you. Oh, no, the whole time the Mormons are, like, telling themselves, like, ah, oh, I know they're good people. We yeah, just gotta... We gotta ingratiate ourselves. And then even the people who were being dicks for ten years are like, we're good people. We just... We hate you. We're just doing the way we were raised. We thought this was the right way. So, um, still, I'm still not sold on organized religion. Still not a fan, but... um, So, meanwhile, they begin bringing people over to the faith. They they kind of kill them with kindness, whereas God's Not Dead kills you with guilt trips. (laughs) And cars. And cars. (laughs) So... Uh, they begin baptizing people, and then this is sort of a deus ex machina, but maybe this is what really happened. One of the owners of the hill dies, and he, I guess, puts in his will or something, paperwork, that's like he can still, will sell his part of the hill to the Mormon church. And Mr. Never, Mr. Oh. Never owned the other part of the hill, and he was one over, too. He, he was a fan by then. And it was just wrapped up very neatly and very easily, and, and that's one part that felt kind of rushed in the movie. Yeah. I mean, I was cool with it, because yeah. since they keep jumping to different time periods, and then yeah. you even get, like, that. so they finally get their mission finished, and they get to go home, back yeah, they, to Utah. Yeah, they jump forward to 1939. Mr. Never said, never! You can't never leave! Yeah, so there's a, there's a warm goodbye. There was not a warm welcome, but all the townspeople come to tell them goodbye. They leave Palmyra with their grown children and go back to Salt Lake City. Now... This is interesting, so here's what really happened, is that they bought the hill, and they acquired these other properties for the Mormon church that has been visited by 7 million people. And the first time I saw this movie, I was like, ew, gross, fuck you, Mormon church, buying properties for your culty religion. But then I thought, you know what, it's better than the Crusades, which were culty religions fighting each other over their supposed holy land. And so with this one, they acquired their supposed holy land in a more peaceful manner. True. Yeah, so they they acquired it in a more peaceful manner than the Even if it was just some bumfuck hill in (laughs) New York. Yeah, some hill in New York. 
So, whatever. So, when they leave, there are three branches of the Mormon Church in Palmyra. Um, this is something that kind of weirds me out. Willard Bean holds the record for baptisms of the dead. He baptized a thousand and one people post-mortem. Gross. Don't do that to me when I'm dead. Don't have the Mormon <laughs> Church baptize me. It's like, ah, I wish I could remember what it's called. Yeah. Those so, things the Christian church, uh, the the Catholic Church sold to the to your dead grandmother oh, back in the day. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I should know. Testimonies or something. Something like that. So Willard holds a record of 18 fights. He had eight wins, three draws, and seven losses. He was declared middleweight champion of the world in 1905, but that was really before there were any official organizations ruling that so we'll see he died in 1949 and his wife lived until 1976 how much younger was this bitch i we should have looked at <laughs> yeah um uh, it was and it was the 24 year mission which is the longest one to date i guess in mormon history fuck that that's that's a long time i feel kind of sad that they told them to go back to Salt Lake City because at that point, Palmyra was their home. Yeah, it was very... That part was ambiguous, too. Like, I couldn't tell if they were, like, telling them, you have to come back now. Like, you've yeah, done I mean, your work, now get your ass back home. Couldn't or, they have just stayed? Or if it was, like, they were saying, we can go back, so we're going back. Well, uh, and it said that Willard served a 10-year mission in the town square or something from 1939 to his death in 1949. Mm. So they gave him a new mission to do. And so he had like six or seven of them. Yeah. He, he went to Mexico. He went to the Southern States. So this is a real guy. And they had some interesting facts at the end of the movie. Now, am I sold on Mormonism? No, <laughs> but, um, I thought for a religious movie, it didn't proselytize. It told the story in a loving way. It was fun. It had some humor to it. It didn't really paint people in a, a super bad or super good light. With the way again, with God's not dead, yeah. it's you easier. have the antagon the clear antagonist and clear protagonist. It's easier when you just have these this one couple and that's it, and they're just kind of being their own people. Mm -hmm. They don't spit. Other than the scenes where the wife, the wife is the one that gets more proselytizing. Yeah, and she's very. It's preaching. still not overbearing, so that's no. good. But it is more like in your face like this is like oh, we really believe in the joseph smith thing yeah um, oh, golden plates and everything willard doesn't really even do that and he's the preacher yeah <laughs> not really no he's he, just like i just showed up good. to do work and be nice and punch people in the face when uh i don't feel like being nice anymore so, he seemed like the like he seemed legitimately like a guy that would hit you and then like be ready to like laugh you with back you up. yeah <laughs> like, you know Fist bump, good game, good fight, all that. So we have some recommendations. Now, we discovered when we rewatched this on Amazon Prime, there's another movie called Spirit of the Game. And it's about some Mormon missionaries who gonna, play with that. the Olympic basketball team in Australia. What the hell? What? So there are all these Mormon sports movies. I don't know. I'd have to look it up. Like, the Olympic team of Australia? Like... You had to go all like the way to it Australia. It looks like it's the 1920s or 1930s. Yeah. I mean, you got to convert everybody to the Mormon faith. you got to yeah. go all the way to Australia. you got to go all the way to Australia to be yeah. good enough to be on a team. So I have a couple <laughs> of recommendations, and usually I'll recommend other movies, but this one's a little bit different. This is about the more the history of the Mormon church, so i got three different media for you. So the first one is a South Park episode, All About Mormons, Season 7, 
episode 12. My second recommendation is the soundtrack to the Book of Mormon, which was by Trey Parker, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, and Robert Lopez. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone are the creators of South Park, and Robert Lopez wrote the music for Frozen. It's very good musical. It's very funny. Also, if you want the real story, I recommend the book Under the Banner of Heaven by John Krakauer, and the subtitle is A Story of Violent Faith. Mm. So those are my three. Now I'm just picturing... Um... Elsa singing fuck God right in his oh, or whatever. <laughs> yes, that was from Hasadiga Iboi. <laughs> yeah. Hasadiga Iboi. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now we're going to sing the Book of Mormon songs. <laughs> in the style of Disney. <laughs> yeah, it was. it's awesome. Book of Mormon is amazing. Look it, look it up on YouTube. So do you have any recommendations? Um, I don't have any representation of my recommendations, but since... This whole month we're doing, like, Christian movies and uh, faith and whatnot. Um, there's this... It's not a religious set of books. It's just a fantasy set of novels. It's a, a five-set series called The Demon Cycle. But it has a really interesting representation of um, people who were raised under something that's basically Christianity and another group of people that are basically raised under something that's sort of like Islam, and how one of them becomes a atheist, basically, and the other one is a devout leader, and they both kind of lead to, like, the same point in their life, where they're supposed to be the leaders of humanity, sort of, and they almost pass each other. Like, one gets more doubts, and the other one gets more faith, and it's, it's interesting, I make it sound like it's a lot more about that than it is. It's really just a cool fantasy series, but I, I like the way that it talks about religion and how it's how it's presented. It basically demons come out at night and eat people. Yeah. <laughs> so So the, it's called the Demon Cycle yeah. series. Yeah, so you know, with this you don't you don't have to agree with what a religion preaches, but you can learn about them. It it's just an interesting human story, so that's what I appreciated about this movie. Um, what what's next for movie painter pleasure? Oh, I believe we're up to saving Christmas. Saving Christmas, and that was gonna be a brutal hate watch. Oh, it's so fucking. As bad. much as this one was a guilty pleasure, as much as we love the fighting preacher, we hate saving Christmas. Uh, this if, was this. Mm. I don't know if this is my favorite Christian movie. Fighting or, preacher. Yeah. Or. Or Where Hope Grows. Where Hope Grows, maybe. I don't know. I really like both of them. So, I mean, if, if I was saying, like, if I was just encompassing religious movies in general, technically I would say Prince of Egypt, but that's mm -hmm. not really fair. <laughs> it's like a legit film. Um, these are just straight up made to be Christian movies, and for some reason... For a Christian audience. Mormons figured it out. They did it just right. Yeah. Um, it wasn't overbearing when it's when it's supposed to be intimidating like that you being on their end of the town folk it's very good at that like mm -hmm. the people coming in the night it looks scary as fuck i empathize the, with them a lot more than i do the christian characters in god's not dead yeah because they're not the ones that are on top of the world yeah <laughs> they're they haven't won you know i mean yeah. They're technically Christians, so I mean, they kind of are, but even though the Christians are being like, you're a bunch of fucking Satanists. Yeah. yeah. So, How to Find Us, we are now streaming on Twitch, and you can go back and see a few of our videos. 
All of our videos are on YouTube under Movie Pain or Pleasure. You can listen to our audio and my cracking sick voice on iTunes, Anchor, and Spotify. I promise this is the only one where I sound sick. And you can also visit us on Instagram at Movie Pain or Pleasure Podcast. I think that's all the things. That's all the things. Like, comment, subscribe, do the things, and do the things. follows, and other things on Twitch that I don't understand yet. We, I don't understand how Twitch works, but join our cult, be my victim, the power of Christ be with you, and also with you, and with your spirit. Bye! <laughs>